And joining us now is former NFL defensive end Devin Still. He played at Penn State and was drafted in the second round of the 2012 draft by the Bengals and spent a few seasons with them before joining the Texans. More importantly, he's a father who helped his daughter Leah battle cancer, and he's written a new book called Still in the Game, Finding the Faith to Tackle Life's Biggest Challenges. He's now a life coach and a motivational speaker and now known as the Comeback Coach. Devin, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All right. Well, we're, we're going to talk all about your, your story, and, and we encourage people to, to buy the book and, and to read the, the full details, but we're going to kind of go through the, the highlights of, of the story and, and go kind of behind the scenes a little bit today. So we're excited to do that. But, but first off, how is Leah doing today? She's doing really good. She's almost four years in remission. She'll be four years on March 25th. So she's just fighting to get to that five-year mark so she can be declared cancer-free. Wow. Well, that no, that's encouraging to hear. And so it, with that in mind, let, let's go back to 2014 when, when your four-year-old daughter, Leah, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And, and you had to put football really on hold to take care of her. So, so what was the experience like personally when your, your NFL dream all of a sudden became secondary to your, really your biggest nightmare of watching your daughter go through this? It was a crazy experience because I've been playing football since I was 13 years old. It was something that I wanted to do since I first touched the football field. You know, I overcame a lot of adversity in order to get to the NFL. But, you know, I knew what was important to me before I got to the NFL. I knew what my values were as a man, and I knew that my faith and my family came before football. So when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer, it was an easy decision to really make, you know, football uh, be secondary and really just focus on my daughter because I knew that if I lost football, I always had a chance of getting it back. But if I lost my daughter, there was no way of getting her back. Wow. So so, so then day-to-day when, when, you're, when you're with her, what was your kind of mindset and, and responsibility day-to-day? Like, like what did that – take us into that a little bit. Right. So as a, as a parent, when your child is born, you, you make that silent promise, whether you say it to your kid or you say it to yourself, where you say that you're going to do everything you can to try to protect your child. So when Leah was diagnosed with cancer, I felt like I broke that promise. And, hmm. you know, when you have a child that's battling cancer, there's not much you can do for that child. You really feel helpless because it, it's their fight that they have to take on. So as a parent and, you know, as myself, my biggest thing was to let her know that she wasn't in this fight alone, that I was going to be by her side as much as possible, cheering her on, letting her know that she was strong enough to, you know, beat this disease and basically giving her my playbook that I put in my new book that I used to overcome all the obstacles I faced in my life up until that point so she can beat her first battle. Absolutely. And, and she, she fought hard, no question about it. We're talking with Devin yeah. still here on Unpacking It. And, and so... At what point did you decide that, that you wanted this to be a, a public fight where, where you wanted the, the media and fans to, to really rally around you because it, it gained a ton of attention? What, what was kind of the, the, the perspective on, on how that kind of got out there and took off the way that it did? You know, it, it took me a while to really feel comfortable enough to, to go to the media and really talk about what was going on with my family. And because for me, I was struggling 
about why this had to happen to my daughter. Like two months before she got diagnosed, I had just got baptized. You know, I was giving my life to God and I thought that things in my life were supposed to be easier. So when I was hit with this type of adversity, I was questioning God, asking why did this have to happen? And I know a lot of people go through that whenever they face a struggle in their life, you know, they pray to God asking why them, or they feel like they lost their purpose in life. And sometimes when you pray, you don't get that answer from God. And I know initially when I kept praying, asking, you know, why this had to happen, what was the purpose behind my pain? I didn't get an answer. Mm. So I decided to give my daughter's battle with cancer a purpose and, and use her fight to really raise awareness for families who are battling childhood cancer. And I believe because my purpose aligned with God's purpose for this battle, then those doors started opening and we were able to raise a lot of awareness and, and funds for pediatric cancer. Well, also with, with the public uh, attention, a lot of positive came from it. But but was that that hard for you day to day to feel like you always kind of had to be on? You always had to be be strong. And, and you know, people were, were watching you. What, was that hard to, to also just, you know, be vulnerable and, and realize that every day you weren't strong and there were days that, that were tough? How, how did that kind of play play a factor in all of that? You know, it was tough with everything unraveling in front of the camera, but I made sure that, you know, I was as transparent as possible. If people were able to see my interviews in the beginning, a lot of my interviews I couldn't conduct without breaking down and crying in that interview because I was going through a lot of emotions at the time. The image that I was always strong because it's going to be a lot of times where you have weak moments in this battle, or weak moments with any struggle that you're going through in life, but the key is to not allow those weak moments to turn into a weak mindset. Oh, that's a good line. Devin's still with us on Unpacking It. And, and you talked about how, you know, at first you, you had the perspective of, of blaming God, that, that you couldn't believe this would happen to your, to your daughter. So, so how did that really switch to then relying on his power and, and, and really turning to prayer instead of relying on blaming him? Yeah, so the, the more I really just sat back and really understood what we had in front of us, what we were going through, you know, I realized that my daughter had stage four cancer, which meant that she had cancer for a long time without us knowing. And, you know, I just started to believe wholeheartedly that maybe this wasn't God that allowed this to happen. And, you know, the more I just started to read his word, the more my relationship grew stronger with God, I realized that, you know, God is not in the tragedy of situations, but he's in the healing of situations. And when I started to take that mindset towards this fight, it didn't become easier, but it made it possible to overcome. Oh, that's good. So along with that, then, what? how, how did your, like now as you look back at, at everything you, you've been through, what what is your message for people regarding the value of pain and suffering? Because normally, you know, at first glance, it, it's a terrible thing. It's hard. You never want this. You never root for to, to watch your daughter go through this. But but how can you you actually look back with thankfulness because of the the, the pain and and because of what God did through it and all that you learned through it? Right. So a, a lot of people, we all pray for certain blessings. We all have these visions of stories of who we want to become, but a lot of us are not willing to go through the pain that it takes in order to get to the place we say we want to be. And for me, I used to always think that life was working against me. Like if you read my book, you hear about all the struggles that I've been through throughout my life as far as growing up in the inner city, growing up in a in a broken home, going through six different surgeries in order 
to to make it to the NFL. And every time I went through a struggle, I felt like my life wasn't getting better. Every time I got the courage to get back up, it felt like life was knocking me down. Eventually, when I was watching my daughter go through her battle, I started to look back at the things that I went through in my life. And I, I started to realize that life really wasn't working against me, but it was working for me because if I didn't go through the struggles I went through, you know, in my earlier days, and I wouldn't have been able to have the mindset to deal with my daughter battling cancer. I wouldn't have been equipped with the right playbook to help my daughter overcome this disease. Devin Still is our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's got a new book. It's called Still in the Game, Finding the Faith to Tackle Life's Biggest Challenges. And and, and Devin, another word that comes to mind as, as you, you, you think about this story is the word fear. And I can imagine that that, that was a, a daily battle for you to, to think what could happen to, to your daughter. So, so what did you learn about that word and, and how did you learn to battle fear on a day-to-day basis? See, for me, it was different. Um, I wouldn't say I was fearful. I honestly believe I was fearless, cool. but I was scared. You know, I was scared that I was going to lose my daughter, but regardless of how scared I was, I was fearful in the fact that I was going to continue to move forward. Although I didn't know what laid ahead of us, we were going to continue to fight. And for me, that change happened early on in Leah's battle because I felt like everything I was doing in the beginning was making decisions from a scared, you know, mindset, a scared point of view, because I kept telling myself that, you know, I was going to lose my daughter. When the doctors tell you you only have a 50% chance of beating this disease, and you read some of these stories or you watch a lot of the kids in the hospital that you're rooming next to pass away, you start to have these thoughts that your kid is next. But I stopped saying one day that I didn't want my daughter to die, and I started saying that I wanted her to live. I started putting positivity out into that world and just making that small change and saying that I wanted her to live instead of saying I didn't want her to die. It gave us a different perspective on our fight. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, going back to really the, the turning point in your life. So you had given your, your life to God and, and, and had gotten baptized. And, and then all of a sudden, all of this, this takes place with, with your daughter. So, so let's go back to that moment where, where your life starts changing from a, from a faith perspective. What, what took place and, and what led to that, that moment, which now you look back, was so crucial to prepare you for what you ended up having to go through. Yeah, I, I decided to take a walk of faith because it was so much going on um, in my life during my second year in the NFL. You know, I had dislocated my elbow against the Lions, and I fought back from that. Five weeks later, I blew out my back uh, against the Steelers, ended up having back surgery, and then a couple of weeks after that, I almost died from having blood clots in my lungs. And I just felt like my world was crashing down on me. And my wife, you know, told me that God was trying to bring us closer to him. Maybe we needed to get back into church and build a closer relationship with God. So I decided to do that, and I'm glad we did because I honestly believe that if we didn't get baptized, if we didn't give our lives to God when we did, then we wouldn't have been able to make it through this battle with Leah because it wasn't my strength that got us through this fight. It wasn't Leah's strength that got us through this fight, but it was our faith that God was going to see us through this dark time. Man, he provided the strength. I love it. So encouraging. Devin Still, our guest right now on Unpacking It. His book is called Still in the Game, Finding the Faith to Tackle Life's Biggest Challenges. 
And, and so you, you put together the, this book and, and you, you share your story. What was that, that process like writing and, and, and kind of taking on this project of, of putting, putting the story down on paper? You know, I feel like everything that has transpired since Leah was diagnosed with cancer has really been inspired by God because, you know, I, I never wanted to write a book. I never planned on talking about, you know, my daughter's story really going in depth more of what happened behind the scenes that the camera weren't able to see when Leah was battling cancer. I never planned on doing any of this, but when I got injured with the Texans in 2016, I had to have surgery and my mom flew down to Houston to help take care of me. And I was on a lot of pain medicine and I was falling asleep on the couch constantly throughout the day. And one time I had woke up and my mom must have been watching the own network. She was watching Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and Jack Canefield was on there talking about chicken soup for the soul and how the stories in his book were used to inspire people to overcome their struggles. Mm. And it was like in that moment, something overcame me when it said that somebody needed to hear my story. Somebody needed to hear my testimony because there's a lot of people who reached out to me on my social media asking me how I was able to overcome all the things that I faced in my life. And I felt like I was being selfish by not giving people the playbook that I believe God gave me in order to overcome my obstacles. So in that moment, I decided to go into my room and write down all the things that I've been through, how I was able to overcome. And I just pitched it to a publisher and they fell in love with it. Ah, man, that's so cool. And what a great uh, just sign of obedience to say, hey, this is where God was leading me and and wanting me to do Mm -hmm. this. And you took the step of faith to, to really do it. And so throughout that process of, of writing this, this book, were there aspects of the story that were, were difficult to, to put down on paper or, or anything that maybe you were hesitant to include, but then you ended up adding it to the book anyway because you felt like, yeah, th- this really needs to be a part of it? Yeah, it was tough um, writing that book because you have to relive a lot of experiences in order to you know, make readers feel like they were there in that moment. But it was also therapeutic and it was eye opening because there were certain things I didn't know about, you know, my daughter as she was going through her battle that she was able to explain now that she's older. For instance, uh, when we were writing the book, because she was in Philadelphia, I had to make the decision to go 500 miles away to Cincinnati in order to have the health insurance in order to pay for her treatment. So I was constantly flying back every week after uh, our football games. But during the week, I would be FaceTiming my daughter. And when we'll be on the camera, I would just see her changing, like getting skinnier, her hair falling out, eyebrows falling out, her throwing up, machines hooked up to her. And as a parent, all I really wanted to do was to hug her and kiss her and let her know it was going to be okay. But I couldn't because I was 500 miles away. Mm. And when I would see her on the camera, I would just want to break down and cry. I didn't do it because I wanted to hold it together. I wanted to try to be strong for her so that she was able to be strong. And when we were writing this book, I was telling her this. And then I told her that every time we would hang up the phone, I would just break down and cry. Mm. He told me that when we hung up the phone, she would go into the the bathroom in a hospital and cry too. And, Mm. And when I heard that, it broke my heart because I wish I would have been more vulnerable with her 
so that we could have just broke down and cried together while we were on FaceTime. Gosh, that's man. Yeah, that's that's heartbreaking and, and such a, a tough thing to know in the moment what, what's better for her to see you strong or, yeah. or to see you vulnerable. But but I think that's that's great to share today for other people that, that may be going through something similar. And and along with that, as you look back and so many people rallied around you and, and supported you. Are there any maybe lessons for people to hear today when, when we have people in our lives that are that are battling cancer? Maybe they're battling it themselves or they're they're a parent going through it. What are the things to say or not to say? What what you know, what 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 do we need to know about that from your perspective? You know, I, I think the best thing to do, because it's tough to know what to say. It's yeah. tough to know, you know, what that person is thinking, because I, I can be honest about my situation. I, I didn't always share my thoughts with people like I live under the same roof with my wife and she didn't even know all the things I was going through because I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't think that people really understood what I was going through mentally trying to, you know, balance playing football and still being there for my wife. So I think the best thing is just to let people know you're there for them, whatever they need you to do. If they ever want to talk that you're there, but you don't want to try to force and push somebody to talk until they're ready because it, it, it's a tough situation to go through and people have to be able to process it. And just like on the other end, if you're the person who's going through something, you have to be able to open up. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable because people don't know what to do for you unless you ask. And there's a lot of people who want to help and you can't feel like asking for help makes you weak because it's going to take a family. It's going to take a team in order to beat this type of struggle or any struggle that you're facing in your life. Amen. Amen. Devin Still, our guest right now on Unpacking It. Uh, kind of last thing as we, we wrap things up with Devin today. Uh, man, it's an awesome story of, of perseverance and inspiration. And, and now you've really taken on this role as, as being a, a life coach and a, a motivational speaker. And, and you're kind of calling yourself the, the comeback coach. So, so how did this kind of come about as far as this was the, the next step in your life and career to, to go this direction? You know, growing up, I always thought that my true purpose was to play football. You know, my destination in life was to be a Hall of Fame football player. But I began to realize through all my struggles that football was not my destination. It was only my vehicle in order to help get me to my destination. And I just feel like right now I'm, I'm walking in my purpose that, you know, I'm finally able to give a purpose behind all the struggle. I went through in my life with the amount of people who reach out to me on social media, just asking for advice on how to get back into the game, how to get off the sidelines when, you know, life has knocked you down so much and you don't know what your purpose are, is, and you don't know what you're worth anymore. You just don't know how to take back control of your life. So when I call myself the comeback coach is me being able to give people my playbook to help them come back and make their comeback in the game of life. And, you know, I, I like to tell people all the time that in my eyes, I'm just the assistant coach that in my life, God is the head coach. And he's basically helping me come up with the game plan and give it to other people to help them. So cool. So cool. I love that you're you're taking that approach. And and you've mentioned the word playbook and, and game plan a, a, a couple times. And, and I encourage people to, to read the book and, and, and go get that to, to get the full scope of it. But just kind of in closing, how do you summarize what the playbook, the game plan is from, from your perspective? The game plan is, is in the playbook is a, a, a bunch of different plays that I've used, you know, throughout all the struggles that I faced in my life that really helped me cultivate the mind of a champion. When I'm talking about champion, I'm not talking about sports. 
I'm talking about being a winner in life. And what I hope this book does and what I'm sure this book is going to do is to show people that no loss in life is too great to ever stop your comeback. Because I truly believe as long as you're alive, as long as you have breath flowing through your body, you're still in the game. You just have to have the courage to get off the sidelines to get back into the game. There it is. The book is called Still in the Game, Finding the Faith to Tackle Life's Biggest Challenges. He's Devin Still, former NFL defensive end. Man, really appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your, your honesty and vulnerability and just such an encouragement to me and all of our listeners today. So, so really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, absolutely. There's Devin Still joining us here on Unpacking It.